right, cool. Welcome, 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 welcome to SazCast. This is where finance meets romance, the sexiest financial podcast in the world, only here on Valuetainment, the number one channel in the world for entrepreneurs. Uh, my name is Adam Sazic. You can call me Saz, and we're here for one main reason, to help all you people out there, especially you men, get paid, laid, and do, and do it. it your way. So today's a very interesting show. You like that right there? <laughs> today's a very interesting show. You know, usually we're doing it in the afternoons. We have a podcast, a PBD podcast, that we have to special guest for that. We had to move some schedules around. It's all about flexibility, y'all. Can't be too set in your ways. I said I'm a 4 o'clock guy, happy hour. And I said, today you're a 1 o'clock guy. I said... Sign me up. All right. So here we go. So I said, I, we, we put together, this, I, number one, I want to thank Justin for coming in a little bit early. If you don't know Justin Waller, we're about to get to familiar with this gentleman here today. Uh, Justin was, is doing Jedediah's show tomorrow. He yep. came in, flew in a day early to be here. Um, Justin Waller in the house. Uh, amazing to see what you've done over the last year or so, brother. We've met. Uh, Rolo introduced us. And uh, to see everything that you've been doing over the last year, been following each other, everything that's been going on with Fresh and Fit, Tate, we're going to address some of that stuff today. But thank you for making the time. Thank you for being here. Yep, glad to be here. Thank you, bro. And then uh, if you might recognize this beautiful girl right here, when, Amber, Amber Joy Lane, when's the last time you were on the show? I don't know. I feel like it's been six She's months. She's been blowing up. I'm so glad that I left because, like, look what you did with my salary. Look at this. It's insane. <laughs> wow, you see what we they took all that me? money we <laughs> were not you paying invested, you. You invested. You reinvested. Yes. I'm glad. I'm happy hey, to be you back. You save to invest. I say it all the time. Um, Jamie's in the house. Jamie Lee. Jamie, what's your last name again? Simmons. Jamie Lee Simmons, Russell's daughter. She's <laughs> in the house. Today, Jamie's a little bit different because she's a podcaster, YouTuber. She does some things on the side to to make some loot. You always bring it up. I mean, but today you're coming as a comedian. Today you're coming in to be funny girl. I'm oh, no try. pressure. I did no pressure. smoke a fatty on the way here. So you did or you didn't? I did. So I'd be disappointed if you didn't. I was didn't. hoping it got me in the, the funny mood. Well, you're feeling some type of way. And then new to the show, first time on the show, Q, the Q pill. Um, Brother, tell us about yourself. Um, I don't know much about you. I know that you're, you study behavioral science, human evolution, and you got your own philosophy called the Q-Pill. Real quick, what's your, what's your story with all that? Um, yeah, so as you said, independent behavioral scientist, certified relationship coach. Um, the Q-Pill is an amalgamation of scientific truths, hmm. the way I look at the world, and they combine that with my experiences, observations, empiricism, and they meet at that nexus in which I consider the truth. And what I do is I want to help people. So I want to help people understand the realities of life, things, you know, in an era of misinformation, political correctness, things that are fallacies, misconceptions. Um, I stress stoicism, mm -hmm. accountability, metacognition, introspection, and I stress um, the fifth one is objectivity. Wow. So You know when you're using words like amalgamation and uh, half, half the that. other words I don't understand, I'm like, <laughs> this guy Q went to school for a little bit. I think the Q-pill was my first birth control. Um, the Q-pill. The Q-pill. so birth funny. Control. I'm just kidding. Anyway, today we're going to cover a wide range of topics. Bear with us. Buckle up. Brace for impact. We're talking money, networking, socializing, partying, drinking, OnlyFans, dating, sex, body count, work-life balance, the whole thing. And we'll do a little amalgamation of the nexus of the hyper-intuitivity, uh, <laughs> social inner dynamics, everything Q talks about, well put together. and of course, stoicism. So listen, let's just to get to know our guests real quick. Um, 
one of the things we always ask our guests is real quick, less than 10 seconds, tell us your relationship status and how you make your money. Why don't we go ladies first? I am single and I am making my money producing and copywriting and, and in entertainment, stand-up comedy, hosting. She's a, a, a renaissance woman. Yes. Okay. Jay Waller in the house. Wouldn't you like to know? And real estate and construction. <laughs> real estate and construction. Yeah. And uh, dating amalgamation of sorts, if you may. It's not a weak place in my life. <laughs> <laughs> Love the confidence. Yep. Jamie? What was the question again? <laughs> That's why you know you're high. <laughs> when there's one question. Dating status, how you make your money. Oh, I'm single, and I make money on OnlyFans and through my podcast, Two Girls, One Blunt. Uh, and she smoked on the way here. Q, go ahead. Um, single, unmarried. Single, unmarried. Yes. And I make my money through social media and my coaching business. So I've had some pretty huge clients to date, one being a rapper. Who's, who's, he's been my biggest client, another one being an um, individual who's on the Oprah Winfrey Network show Ready to Love. Those are, those are two of my prominent clients. So I've had uh, 247 clients to date so far within wow. the last year. And what was the thing that you said that you, you, you're the, the gentleman of the year of the hot dude thing? What was that? Uh, I was featured on the Shade Room um, as one of the zaddies of the day. The zaddies? Yeah. Zaddies Justin, how are day. you not feeling? I feel like you should be a fucking leading candidate for that, bro. For zaddy? For all that. I'm not sure what zaddy means, bro. But it's like a hot daddy? Yeah, basically. You can pick like it up, Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that There's what that means? To it. Yeah, it's, it's, okay. it comes, it's, it's, it's black culture. Black culture. Yeah, they added Z the Z. Z. Oh. Yeah, Z. Justin, see? We got to get uh, in you that. You know bro. what I say about black women? Black women say what white women are thinking. So I know I got my shit together when black women are hitting on me all day. Oh, yeah. Huh. Yeah, because they'll say it. So maybe I love I could, that. Maybe I could be a zaddy. I don't know. Do black women have more confidence than white women? Is that what it comes down to? It's just been oh, my experience sure. that they flat out tell you. They wow. just flat out also, let you know. Also, black women love genders, and you got a little of the ginger vibe yeah. going on. So you're yeah. like, I'm definitely ginger. I feel like a Blake Griffin coming on one of these yeah. days sometime soon. Like a hot ginger, jacked, yeah. half black, half white, Zaddy. redheaded yeah. dude. Turbo Zaddy, <laughs> turbo <laughs> in the house. Yeah, yeah. So do black women hit on you more than white women? Absolutely. Like verbally, white women are in my in my experience are very subtle. Huh. Um, black women are very direct in my experience. So no, same know. here. Yeah, yeah. Sa same yeah, here. Yeah, black yeah. women are definitely more aggressive. I've dated a variety of women: Guyanese, Lebanese, um, Ghanaian, Black American women, White, Puerto Rican, Dominican, um, Cambodian, Filipino. It's been around the mm. world. Yeah, yep. <laughs> I've been around the world, and now yeah, yeah, I I've been player hating. At all women, black women are the most direct. Yep. Um, Colombia, I, I would put after that. Eastern European women, you have to be more direct with, and white girls will kind of just put themselves in your space. And, and <laughs> like a couple pictures are yeah, like, like, hey, pictures. hey, I'm by you. And huh. actually slide I'm in with manners. So this was not that. the topic I yeah. felt like starting the show off with, but since we're here, yeah. it, do you want a woman being that direct? Mm. Like, okay, full disclosure, I get along with black women. I love black people. I love black people. I love black... But because I'm very loud, I'm very obnoxious. So if someone <laughs> gives me attention, oh, no. they're like, "Hey, how you doing?" I'm like, "Hey, how you doing?" You're right? like, <laughs> yeah. "Like I'm just that yeah. dude, right?" So and black women are very vocal like that. So you're a little more subtle, laid back. I feel like if a if yeah. a black girl hollered, you'd be you'd be like, "Hey, ma, how you yeah. how you doing?" I don't use the word ma. That's just not my thing. I'm like, "Hey, what's up?" So is do you want a girl hollering at you? Like, does that ever work out? I guess here's my question. Work out usually, what way? 
Okay, exactly. Meaning, like, if a girl hollers at you, hey, boy, how you doing? How often are you really ended up taking that girl home versus a girl that you pursue? You understand the question? But girl pursues yeah. you and is very local and very, very vocal and very assertive. Does that ever really work out? Like, do you ever, like, all right, all right, let's go, me and you right now? Or is it like, hey, nice to meet you, holler later. I'd rather, you know, hunt my prey. Well, what do you think? Well, the first I like how he calls it prey. Yeah. You, you want to go first, Justin? No, fine. Okay. Away. Well, the first thing I think about is, is this how she is or am I special? That's the first thing. Mm. So typically I like to be biased towards myself. I think I'm a little bit more special. I think I motivated her based on who I am and how I look. So a lot of times I'll give her the benefit of the doubt, especially if she's attractive. I'm definitely going to engage. And I trust my judgment, my ability to assess how she is, what her personality is like. And I go from there typically. Okay. So you're like, I got so much confidence. She probably doesn't holler at anybody. It's got to be me. Yeah. Zaddy of the year. Hello, Shade yeah. Room. Okay, when, what, what's your tactics? It's been, my, it's been my experience that high-level women don't do that. Correct. And I'm typically going to be trying to see a high-level woman. Unless I'm in this situation where, I'll give you a great example. I was mm -hmm. walking home in Miami. Can we turn I, Justin up, please? Thanks. Go ahead. And I had a girl get very, very direct with me. And she was actually Colombian. And since it was 2 o'clock in the morning, yeah. and I only had 500 more feet to walk, I took her up on it. <laughs> but in regards to, like, every day, yeah. no. Most of the time, a girl that I'm after, I'm going to have to say something to. She'll do something subtle, like, like three of my Instagram photos or something like that. Mm -hmm. Then it's on you. So uh, I generally don't have too, too much interaction with women that are hitting on me. It's just, it's just good to have fun with it, you know, yeah, laugh, I have fun with it, you know, yes. like, you know, thanks girl, the whole thing, you know. It's almost like batting practice. It's like spring training. It's like, you're not going to end up dating the Colombian girl that's like, hey, papi, que pasa? You're like, yeah. it's like, it's almost like, like I, I made my money doing cold calling and I'd have to role play before I even picked up the phones. I'd, all right, so hey, how you doing? I'm Justin. Hey, I'm Adam. How you doing? Can I interest yeah, you? you? Blah, blah, blah. You got to get warmed up. Yeah. So the more banter you can learn as a dude, it's like you do stand up yeah. comedy. You do stand up. It's like. How many random fucking open mics do you do before you actually get on to like the improv, right? I think that's what it comes down to. By the way, how about are you? You're not the type of girl that's approaching men. You're very confident, by the way. I am a hundred percent the girl who approaches men. Wow. Uh, but I think I found a lot of times in situations like in Miami where I'm at a party where the women around me are just like ten times what I've got going on, mm -hmm. that I end up talking to men more than anybody else there because I go up and have a conversation. I'm not hollering at them. I'm engaging them, asking them what they do or like complimenting usually, but like I approach with a smile and then I've actually found that I've had more success where the girls are standing there in their corner on their phone, never actually meet a guy because they're not approaching them. Hmm. So that's, I found, um, I don't like sitting and waiting around for people to approach me for me that feels like maybe that's not high value but i feel like it's um do a little bit do a little work besides just being there looking good um find common ground have a conversation if it doesn't work fine but i've usually found more success that way by approaching men than just waiting and hoping yeah i, and I, li I like what you said amber about you're not hollering you're just hey, no, i'm not I, gonna sit around like a wallflower i'm asking girls. yeah i think men want to be asked and engaged and like talk about what they're proud of and that's like my favorite thing to do is find out what people are passionate about. And then I think they feel my personality, energy, and I think that like makes me more attractive to them in their eyes and the girls who are just, again, if you're sitting at a party and you're looking amazing 
and they do. The girls in Miami look incredible. Mm -hmm. But if your eyes are down, your energy is in your phone or, you know, waiting, how can somebody get a read on you and who you are? Like, eye contact is everything. For sure, eye contact. Own. I mean, if you're a girl who can pull a guy across the room with just your eyes, that's yeah. impressive. Go ahead, Jamie. Powerful... What's your secret? So in college, I actually had a move, and I, it worked all the time. Jamie's got a move, y'all. <laughs> I had a move. And so it would only be with men that I had that immediate, like, oh, wow. Like, I want to talk to them. Yeah. And I would see them look at me at the bar, and I'd, we'd make eye contact. And maybe we went to dip different sides of the bar. We're still making eye contact. So I'm like, okay, they're interested. At like the end of the night, or if I wanted to talk to them before and not like ruin my night out with my friends, I would make eye contact with them, not stop, walk up to them, and I would just go to them and be like, "I'm so sorry, but like you are one of the most attractive people I've ever seen. I hope you have a great night." And I would walk away. <laughs> and, That's your move. Yes, and every like nine out of ten times, a dude would grab my arm as I was turning around. He'd be like, "Nope, you come here." Mm. And I like a week later, I had a guy in one of my classes be like, "You came up to me and you said, what you came up to me and said was like the nicest thing. Like you looked at me and like you really meant it." And I was like, "I did," and he was like, "Yeah, I'll always remember that." Like little did he know that's just your move. It was my move, but like I only did it for the people that like. Okay. That, I a, think guys really fact. like compliments because you don't get them that often. Yep. Yep. And I think that that is something that they, they will, it will stand out because mm -hmm. if they're not just asking about what you do, but if you give them a genuine compliment, like I noticed your eyes immediately and your ass in those jeans, but. Jay Wallow, you might want to nice stand to up you. and take a little twirl right quick, brother. Can you, can you show <laughs> sure. These jeans are tight, okay? I mean, these jeans. Just but, saying. I'm sure like, you I mean, got compliments. with multiple C's at the end of it. Q, like, what were you gonna say? Um, like <laughs> uh, last word, Thursday. Man. Last Thursday, I was I was at Cadoba. I went to grab some Cadoba up in uh, Philly in a prestigious area by Villanova. And you know all those prestigious Cudobas. Cudobas, all I all know. That. Yeah, yeah. I love so, that. So I got that out the prestigious car. Prestigious Mexican food. And this and this girl got out the car. We got out the car at the same time. She was a little bit ahead of me, and she held the door open for me. I'm I'm like, 15 feet back, and I'm like, mm, that's that's an awful chivalrous gesture to yeah. hold the door that long. Now you're like hustling yeah, so up I, a little so bit. I'm like, I'm like, thank you. She like, the way she said, you're welcome. I said, oh, she's attracted to me. So I went in, I got my food, I came out. I'm going to my car. I hear her come running out. Excuse me, do you have a girlfriend? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I turn around, I'm like, oh, I'm like, nah. She's like, you are really attractive. Can I have your number? And? Did you get it? I gave it to her, but. But nothing. I you didn't like it that yeah. she like came up to you? And no, I was cool. I mean, she wasn't bad looking. I just didn't want to text her. It well, I think Tuesdays that's where the only. power, the power yeah. of the walk away. She missed, yeah, she missed me on a business day. So. Yeah, that Tuesdays only. Yeah. That, that a woman who does that does that often to other men? It's possible. Yes, and like in her case, I got that from her. Okay. I picked up on that from her, so I was like, nah, I don't really want to take her How do you know? That's why you walk it's, away. It's, 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 just, it's just my instinct. It's okay. the way that I can just look at a woman in her voice, the way I'm like, she probably did this. She said she you had just smelled graduated. smell the desperation. Yeah. 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 There's yeah. subtleties. There's definitely yeah. subtleties. It's, it's definitely subtleties. There's yeah. some nuance in, in the way they approach, the way they talk. Their behavior right. is too straightforward or too aggressive, and it's just Absolutely. like, you probably do this. It's often. like that girl that tells you, oh, I never do this the next morning. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I actually genuinely believe her. She, that she doesn't. 
and then sometimes I don't. don't yep. And it's off the subtleties of the interaction. Mm. And going back to what you said, I think that the way that you do it is completely different than the way that we were talking about in the beginning. Okay. I think that's a very healthy way to do it, asking them, having a normal adult a conversation. He was talking about very aggressive. Gotcha. And mm-hmm. so I think doing it with class in that way it is actually not a problem at all. In fact, it is quite attractive because it shows that you can have an intelligent conversation with someone. And I think that that's very, very important for any kind of connect. Like, if I can't connect with you intellectually, I really don't want to sleep with you anyway. Yeah. You know, I would say somewhere around 28 to 30, uh, that started to change for me, you know? So I think that you're doing it correctly. And that is a completely different place than how that conversation started with a girl hollering at you in public and being loud about it. Oh, that's what you mean. Like, yeah. literally hollering. Oh, I mean, <laughs> literally. I like, I'll just... be walking through a store, and a black girl be like, damn. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, and, and look, like, and, it, and, it, and it proves that's a point. That's a very aggressive And move. it proves a point directly, because you had that thought about my ass and those jeans way back in there. But you didn't say anything. You subtly sprinkled Black it. women say what white women think. <laughs> wow. I'm telling That's you. That's how this whole thing started. I'm like, how did yeah. we get down Let this Let me path? tie it back I in. I like that. Boom. Black girl would have said it on point. And it all started with in, the thickness of them jeans. I would have walked in. She would have been like, mm. And it would have been, like, she would have said it right Let away. Let you know up front. That right away. Right. Yep. And you would have never I said it had we not talked about it. No, I wait and then weaponize it. Like yeah. a true white woman. Like a true white woman. This is a white By the way, Nat, let's, let's. By the way, we haven't even said hi to Natalia over here. Speaking Hello. of beautiful, wonderful, lovely people. Hello, everyone. Nat, yeah. how are you feeling? What do we want people to know today? I'm feeling great. I'm super excited for our panel today. Uh, thank you all for joining. Make sure you guys like, comment, and subscribe to the channel. Okay, we're growing very, very rapidly. And um, I'll be reading all your super chats today. So give us some good super chats for our panel. Like Adam said, it's a very diverse panel. Um, and I think we can really get some uh, good information for you all today. So let's get into it, there Mr. Sa- oh. Last yes. thing I want to address is that I'm big on this. I love how we all came in kind of matching. Red and black. Yeah. I am big on like the yeah. matching, the energy. So I just want to say we're already starting off on very good energy. Q and That's Amber true. and black. Let's get this and party the red, started. The red wire. <laughs> just, just, this, just so you know, this, like, this is how the difference between how men and women think. It's a half hour before the show. I'm, we got Q cards, we got Q in the house, we got Jay Waller. I'm texting people, I'm making sure that we got everything going on. Do we have drinks for our guests? I'm just prepping like a dude do, right? She goes, Adam, 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 by the way, we're matching today. I, it's only okay? because he like, only wears this blue is, all the time. This so I'm is like, the thing that we need to black. discuss. <laughs> We, so had anyway, we had to. Anyway, we had to. We're doing our thing. It's an anyway, thing. What I, where I want to start, get, we get, I did not expect to talk about black women hollering as the first topic, but that's live TV, baby. We out here. Yes. So um, <laughs> what I do want to start <laughs> with do. is um, this, this concept of confidence, right? So, um, you know, they say competence leads to confidence, right? They, you've said that before. Yeah. Um, so I want to talk about how to boost your confidence as a man and like what women are attracted to when it comes to confidence. So in my, in, in my experience, a lot of times confidence comes from experience. Like when I started playing football, I was a, on the, the, like, the bottom rung of the varsity football team, 10th grade, got no playing time. But it wasn't like I didn't lack skills. I lacked confidence because I never got in the game. Next thing you know, I'm in the game. I'm making tackles. All of a sudden, I'm doing this. They're like, yo, you're starting next game. I'm like, what's up? And it built confidence. It built confidence. It went on to being all-county football. I know you played college football. You can speak to that when it came to work. 
and make cold calls. First time I started making cold calls, very nervous. Now it's like no freaking big deal. You make 10,000 cold calls, you're good. First time I ever did a live show, I'm like, oh, oh. now it's like, what's up? Let's start the show. Confidence is huge for a man. So I want to kind of just hone in on this confidence thing, whether it's work, whether it's business, whether it's dating, whether it's networking, whether it's just stepping into a room and being like, look at these jeans, baby. Uh, it, confidence is, is huge. How did you develop your confidence, Jay Waller? You build it. You absolutely build it, man. You have a job in life as a man. You have to build who you are, whether that's fitness or finance or being competent in whatever field you're in. I'm a big believer, and I don't, I don't know if you teach game or not, so no disrespect if you do, but I think game is bullshit. I think it's snake oil. Because if I see a woman that I think is attractive and she is keeping herself in my space, I'll just simply walk up to her and say, hey, sorry to bother you, mm -hmm. but it would have bothered me if I would not have come and speak, spoken to you. I would have felt like a coward and I've been upset with myself. My name is Justin. And if a woman is into you, it doesn't matter what you say. And you have to come up to her and say it with confidence and you'll know immediately. So. I don't particularly believe in game, especially on the level that it's sold to young men, because you can teach a young man how to like make a girl feel insecure and want to mm -hmm. be closer to you, or say something funny, but it's never gonna last because the man himself is hollow, and he doesn't have what it takes to really believe in what he's saying. And for that reason, I feel like you have to build yourself up, and it takes a little time, mm -hmm. but once you become that man, you don't have to fake being anything. Yeah. So you don't have to be cute about it. Yeah. I'm, uh, this is gonna it's gonna sound like I'm pushing back on you but do, it's actually do. a compliment do it uh, I'm gonna tell you what I told my one of my best friends who plays in the NBA 6'9 multi-millionaire married of the most famous woman in the world at one point you know who I'm talking about if you're familiar with this story and he's telling me like he's talking to a bunch of guys out there like me and like three or four dudes and he's like listen guys like this is how I do my thing picking up chicks, right? And he's about to lay it on us. And I go, shut the fuck up, okay? Don't <laughs> yeah. teach us anything. You're 6'9", you're a multimillionaire, you were married to Kim Kardashian at one point. Like, save it, homie. Like, right. go talk to the 5'4 balding dude about what kind of game he needs to learn because he ain't hollering at this girl. So what I'm saying to you is, yeah, when you're Jay Waller and you're 6'3", and you're good looking and you got a fucking ass like that, right? Uh, you're gonna have like immediately women being like, all right, just like, just don't fuck this up, buddy. Don't say anything stupid. Like as long as you come up and spit game, you're good to go. So your level of confidence is different than, you know, Nick over here who's 5'5 five five yep. and is wearing three inch lift shoes and is somewhat balding and hasn't made money yet. I don't know anybody named Nick that does that, but so what I'm saying is like, you don't necessarily need game. You just need to have confidence. And I'm completely okay with that. But let, okay. me, let me preface it with yeah. this. There's another version of me yeah. who is still 6'3", doesn't own multiple companies. He works in a plant every day. He's 40, 50 pounds overweight. He's let his hair go away because he didn't take care of his body, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, yeah, et cetera. Exactly. Right? I built this person. And so in all fairness, I deserve to walk up with confidence. And any man who does the same can mm. do the same. He might not be able to get a 10 out of 10 yeah. in another country or in Miami, but he can certainly live in Indiana and have the most beautiful girl in his town. And for that reason, I think that a guy putting game in front of building himself is an absolute mistake. Yeah, I, I actually appreciate that response. And it's 
there's two versions. Uh, you know, right. at one point, I w- I'm I'm six foot, two hundred pounds. I've been this way. Like I try to. I, the whole premise of this entire show, the entire premise is men improving. Right. Whether that's money, whether that's relationships, whether that's your network, whether that's your lifestyle, whether that's your looks, whether it's like getting better, faster, stronger, cooler, sexier, healthier, wealthier, the whole thing. And, you know, at one point in my life, I was 235 pounds. I was letting myself go. I would make excuses like, I don't trust any dude over 30 with abs. It's like, and all that was is a reflection on me being like, oh, I'm not willing to put in the work. So I'm just making excuses. So now that I'm 42, I'm like, no, bro, like I'm dedicating time to do this. I want to compete. We're all competing in a marketplace, whether it's a business marketplace, sexual marketplace. And I think confidence comes from actually putting in the work like we talked about, whether it's the football stuff or making the calls or doing shows like this. And once you build it up, it's like a snowball effect. Yeah, You're going to grow and grow and grow and grow. It absolutely comes from inside of you, and you're the only person that can build it. And if you don't want the ball in game seven of your life, then you need to go look in the mirror and find out what Mm. the fuck you're scared of. I love that. And go get confident there. I love that. Give me the fucking rock. If you don't want the ball in every outcome of your life, you are some way scared of something, and you have to go find out what it is, and then you need to go build it. If not, a pickup line is not going to help you, and it certainly will not help you retain yeah, her. Yeah, it's not going to help you in the long term. It no. might help you in, in that it, moment. It might, get you to, it yeah. might get her to sleep with you once, and yeah. then it's going to get your fucking heart broke because you yeah. were fishing outside of a pond. You were not in that league, bro. Awesome, bro. Awesome so, advice. Q, let's go to you for a second. Okay. So how did you get, get your confidence? You're 30, right? Yes, I'm 30. Justin's 37, so he's yeah. a little, little more time to marinate, right? Mm-hmm. How did you develop your confidence? Oh, Um, The first thing you said, experience. Um, I break that down to practice and preparation. So, um, and and I don't do the game. I agree with you on game. I think it's bullshit to pick up artists, all that. Snake oil, bro. Yep, it's it's, it's bullshit. Snake oil. So, essentially, what I learned from is not being scared to fail. You You need to figure out what it is that you need to improve on. And you do that behind closed doors. And then when you get out in the real world and you apply it, understand that this might not work the first time, but know that Mm -hmm. you're going to have another opportunity at it and don't be scared to fail. So make sure you prep whatever it is in any domain, whatever domain you want to pursue in life. Make sure that you prep. You do the research that you need to do. You practice athletics, whatever the case may be. I learned mine from basketball. I played with a lot of the top players, NBA players through high school. I played for one of the top high schools, and I realized that my downfall was my confidence. The fact that I didn't have the confidence to get out there and do what I needed to do on the court to prove that I could play at the level that I later ended up finding out I could play at. So it's important to understand that you're going to fail. The com- not only do you have to have confidence in success, but in failure as well. No, I'm going to fail. I don't care. I'm going to try again. That's where the confidence comes from. And then you'll later start to see the progression. You'll see that progression, and you'll find that confidence with that progression and continue on whatever path that you're on. Yeah. That's the way I see it. I, I, I want to pick on one thing you said, pick up on one thing you said. You talked about it's okay to fail, right? And, and like it's kind of how you bounce back from failure. We did a podcast last week with PBD. And Neil deGrasse Tyson, do you know who Neil deGrasse Tyson is? One of literally the most famous scientists in the world. I don't know if you can pull him up real quick just to get a visualization. And Pat asked Neil deGrasse Tyson, he said, what are sort of the indicators of success? Like, especially graduating high school and college. Like, you, he wasn't a highly sought after scientist. He was literally a male stripper at one point. I swear to God, Neil deGrasse Tyson, does that name ring a bell or face ring a bell? There is right there. And 
he said, oh, I'll, I'll break it down for you. And he's like, well, yeah, obviously grades and scores are important, but there's such a multitude of factors. It's like networking. Like I'd rather have someone be a B plus student or a B student, but get along with everybody and socialize rather than like the valedictorian. And obviously they, they talked about nature versus nurture and parenting and, and everything like that. But to your point, he said, one of the key factors that I would put in the top three or four is the ability to bounce back from failure. Okay, and you know, what do they say? Like fall down 10 times, get up 11. And that's essentially what breeds confidence is like, like you do stand-up comedy. I used to do stand-up comedy. You played college football, you played basketball. You're in the content creation game. We all know we've had fuck ups. We all know we have, how many people fuck up and they're like, look, this just isn't for me. They give up. And you just give up. And it's just that ability to bounce back from failure is what kind of creates you. That's what kind of is the dirt and the soil of the person. So I, what I want to open it up to the ladies is, you know, you do stand-up. This is, this is for any business. You've done stand-up. So this is a two-part question. Compare your first thing of doing stand-up versus where you're at now, confidence-wise, and then circle back to, is there a more attractive quality for a man than having confidence? Two-part um, question. Yeah, and I'm going to just kind of piggyback on the things that I've heard because... You know, we can smell, women can smell when the confidence is shallow and surface level, um, especially as a confident person. I built my confidence. I used to not be an attractive person. I was overweight my whole life, but I always had confidence. And I always kind of, when I look back now at my pictures and I'm like, how was I so confident when I looked like this? And it was because I genuinely liked who I was. And I still do. And when I meet a guy who's confident, but I can tell he doesn't like himself, then I know that that he's building from the outside in versus the inside out. You can have all these assets, you can have the car, you can have the business, but if you don't like who you are, then every time you have a conversation with somebody, that's gonna be at the forefront of your mind because you're thinking, do they like me as a person? You can have a lot of stuff, but we all wanna be genuinely liked for who we are, Hmm. right? So when I meet people, men who I can tell, can just you can just tell immediately because they're trying they're showing they're peacocking but i'm like you're not just settled you can feel somebody whose energy is settled because they like who they are and now beyond stand-up comedy i have a a, a youtube show where i have to go out and approach people on the street mm. go up to people it's like cold calling but live nothing breeds confidence like rejection <laughs> yeah like, man right, on the street gotta get people off got to get people to stop and talk to you in an age where everybody is busy and you don't want to be scammed and whatever. And to be honest, 90% of people stop and talk to me. Mm. And I wonder what is it? And I feel that people can feel my genuine like energy and like good nature. And they want to stop because they feel me energetically. And if they don't, and this goes back to stand-up comedy, when people don't laugh, I know my jokes are funny, maybe not to them. And I like who I am. So I'm never really worried about failing. Because mm-hmm. I don't think you're failing when somebody doesn't laugh at a joke. I think you're failing when you don't like who you are as a person. I think uh, I one that. word that I was forgetting to use when I were talking about confidence is self-confidence. It kind of starts with yourself, right? Self-confidence, self-esteem. You ever hear that joke that Cat Williams did back in the day? And it was like, he's like telling his girl, uh, she's like, you know, you, you don't help me build myself. You don't help me like improve my self-esteem. He's like, ah, hold on. Uh, hold on it's called self-esteem it ain't my job to build up your esteem it's your self-esteem i was like oh shit cat williams is spinning game if you're not happy with yourself 
self-esteem, self-confidence, nobody's going to give that to you. Mm -mm. You might have a coach in your ear. You might have a teammate or a player or a friend who can help you with that. But unless you don't, unless you want that shit, you're never going to get it. Jamie, what are you thinking right now? You got to have a lot of self-confidence doing what you do, putting it out there, and then coming on podcasts and being like, how you like me now? Jamie in the house, what's up? So <laughs> yeah. how do you, like, female confidence. I think, well, I think society, I don't know, doesn't want women to be confident. A lot of other women don't like confident women. Like, there's jealousy. There's a lot of men who are like, I don't want a confident woman. Um, but I think man or woman, a lot of us have been through the trenches, whether that's like a, a mental battle that you're having internally or the situation that life has given you. Mm -hmm. um, and we've all felt very low. We all know what it's like, or at least I feel like at some point to question who you are and not know who, like your self-worth and to become a confident person, like you are going through battle and rejection and having to stay true to who you're like who you are throughout all of that. It takes a lot to build a confident person. Mm -hmm. And I think that with my life and what I've been through, like my family being on front page of newspapers while I'm in high school, like being bullied by adults when I'm like a kid, like really horrible things and then being overweight, like having everyone tell me you're going to fail, you're not going to do anything. At one point, I was just like none of these people matter. And I've been told no my whole life, and I had just stayed true and committed to one thing, and that was myself and my dedication to loving myself and creating like peace and happiness for myself. Mm. And so through that, through setting boundaries, through being really strong in my voice, and realizing that those people who had something to say were just projecting their own insecurities at me, now I can just move and walk and be like, yeah, this is who I am. And the crazy thing is, I've actually received DMs from people uh, I've been to, went to school with like 10 years ago, seeing me on this podcast saying, I remember you always saying like, this is what you were going to do. And like, people didn't believe you. And like, now I'm watching you, things like that. And so I think it's really important staying resilient through what the world throws at you, because the world's going to throw a lot of shit. There's going to always be someone who doesn't like you. If everyone likes you, you're not doing it right. So. Yeah, that's right. If you don't have haters, you... uh. You ain't doing it right. Jay Waller, I want to ask you a question. Um, you know, they, they, they say that, you know, I'm a big believer in playing the long game, especially as a guy, right? Not trying to get rich quick, like figuring things out. It might take some time. Guy needs time to marinate, right? And a lot of part of playing the long game is having to make sacrifices, right? And so what sacrifices have you made or what sacrifices do you, do you recommend that young men make in order to find success and make money, whether it's, not going to clubs, not chasing women, not whether it's partying, drugs, you know, going with the cool crowd. What have you done in your life and what do you recommend that young men do when it comes to sacrificing for success? So I absolutely gave my 20s up, completely. I, I, I would challenge anybody to find a bar tab on my bank statements in my 20s. In addition to that, I woke up very, very, very early. I believe that if you're gonna meet God, he's up at 4 a.m. Hmm. because that's when you can hear yourself think. That's when you have the most time to do any kind of deep work. I would start my day off at 4, I would go work out, and I would do any deep work directly behind that, anything I knew I had to get done, anything I knew I, before the phone started ringing. And I think anybody that does that and they take care of their body, particularly in their 20s, and they feed their mind, more than likely you're in a small town somewhere and you feel like you're the only person that feels the way that you do. And I felt that way very often. 
So I spent my time with authors and YouTubers that were the people that I wanted to become. And sure as shit, here I am getting 200 messages a day from young guys. Mm -hmm. So to me, I think that if you can be comfortable being alone and know that you're putting your sights on the man that you want to become, which is still my goal, by the way. We're talking about that backstage. I'm still obsessed with the man I'm going to become. I have this thing I call the rocking chair test. And it's this relationship I have between myself and the older version of me that can no longer live. You know what I'm saying? All he can do is sit there in the rocking chair. And so I have this file in my phone that I keep where I talk to him. I said, hey, I'm trying to do this today. I'm feeling this way. I had this goal. I hit it. I missed this. I got hit here. And all I want to do is make that old man proud of me. Hmm. But it is a version of me. And so I answer to him when I make my decisions, my hard decisions in life. What, what would the old man say? Would he smile and be proud of me? Or would he be disappointed? Because at the end of the day, it's you that you ultimately have to answer to. So for any young man that doesn't know what to do, remember at the end of the day, you're going to have to answer to yourself. And as long as your goals are set on the man you become, you'll be absolutely fine. Who, who was the person, was it yourself? Was it someone that told you, hey, bro, 20s, put in that work now? Bro, Versus like, yeah. dude, you're young, live it up. Because quite frankly, my 20s, bro, nobody wasted more time than me in their 20s. Where were you? I was in South Beach in Miami, right. living here, born and <laughs> yeah. raised. It's like I didn't move yeah. here. So, but meaning, but part of the reason I, where I'm at today is because I did not dedicate the early half of my 20s to even thinking about money. In retrospect, all I was doing was perfecting networking and socializing. I didn't know it at the time because I was just on that hustle grind thing. But all I did was nightlife, club promoting, right? Uh, I did stand-up comedy. I was a school teacher at one point. I was just out there, just jack of all trades. But what I realized is all I was doing was collecting phone numbers. And not like a weird sense. I was like, I know this person. I know this person. This person. I, I was just networking, networking, networking. So when it... And so I, something clicked in me. I remember what exactly what clicked in me. A fucking guy who had no business making money was like, yeah, I made 70K this month. I'm like, you made 70K this month? And a trigger went off in me. I was like, a switch went off. I was like, if this dude's making that kind of money, I got to focus on money. But looking back, that was actually the best thing for me to do is because not focusing on money, it was just like, it was like I started wide and went narrow. You know what I say? The riches are in the niches. All I did was just like kind of perfect networking with people, talking with people, and that, that has helped me become like a salesperson and a networker, and that's how I made all my money, is being that dude, like the face of my company, where I have support staff who's very technical that kind of helped me with that. So that was for me. Like, but I didn't have someone in my ear saying, hey, bro, time to wake up at 4 a.m. I was like going to bed at 4 a.m. But like, who was in your ear saying, dude, value your 20s. This is very important. Wake up. Crack a dawn. Like, who was that person for you? It was me, but I'll tell you why I think that that was the case. I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad in college. We were going to play Arkansas. Remember when Derrick McFadden was really good at Arkansas? Yeah, the running back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sick so player. Derrick McFadden, Felix Jones, all those guys yeah. were on the way, and I didn't really want to think about it, so I read Rich Dad, Poor Dad. So I knew kind of in a way. But I only say that to say this, is that most people in America particularly live in a small town. Mm-hmm. Miami, L.A., New York City, those are outliers, man. Yeah. Most of the people that watch the content, most of the people that really want to grow up and be somebody someday live in some small town somewhere with one plant in it 
and a couple of red lights, and they are by and largely the majority of the young men that yeah flyover country yeah so to flyover speak. states yeah right like Aldine's song right because you grew up in I in grew Louisiana up in, yeah Louisiana so. we couldn't have had a more, more opposite opposite yeah upbringing and let me tell you, you grew what, up in Monroe Louisiana what? I was born in Monroe okay and I grew up in a little town called Denham Springs yeah and all I knew our whole culture was shut up and work that was our whole culture. Yeah. And so growing up in the bad neighborhoods and the trailer parks, the only way I knew how to make doctor money was in boots. Huh. That's the only way I knew. And so I didn't know another way. And the handicap that that gave me is there was an ignorance about the area that I was in. There's things that you understand about the world growing up in Miami. I didn't know prostitutes were really a thing. Mm-hmm. No, I'm dead For serious. Neither right do I, I, Justin. I've never no, interacted no, with No, I'm them. telling you, I didn't know... Like, I had never met one. I had never heard anybody talk about yeah. it. All I knew was a shut up, boy, and talk with your pads. And if you don't do this, you're going to hell. I'm, I'm, I grew yeah. up in wow. the Deep South. Right. I grew up in the Deep South. Like, get to work. It ain't about talking. Get to work. Don't be arrogant. All I'm thinking of is, is uh, Bobby Boucher and the yeah. mother being yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah, devil. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is a devil. <laughs> yeah. So, for me, it was, I was in an atmosphere where I knew I wanted to be better. Of course, there were people going to bars and drinking. They were doing yeah. it a lot. I just knew that wasn't the man I wanted to be. Yeah, well, you know what's funny? Because I'm trying to, like, you know, we're similar age, a few years older than you, and I'm like, what's the commonality here, right? We, put, we both played football, college football. We're both out here doing shows. We're out there. But I grew up in Miami, nightlife, South Beach. I mean, at my first club I went to, I was 16 years old. Okay, you grew up in Monroe, Louisiana. And you said that at the end of the day, just shut up and work. Yeah. Like as a man, it is your job to work. No dude can be like this. We can. This we have a whole discussion about this. Women can kind of make a choice. Like, at what point do you not want to work? At, no. Like, okay, right. <laughs> at what point are you like, all right, dude? Like, women have to make a choice at one point in their life. They need to say, all right, I need to become the best wife, mother I can possibly be, or I'm doubling, tripling down on the work thing. To be in limbo as a woman, it's like, I kind of do this, and I kind of do this. I'm kind of a good girlfriend, and I'm kind of working. It's like limbo is the last place you want to be. But as a man, whether you grew up in Monroe, Louisiana, or Miami Beach, or Philly, it's like, get your ass to work, homie. And that's the underlying factor, and that's the main reason we're on this stage right now. So you grew up in Philly? Is that where it was? No, no. I originally grew up in Raleigh, North Carolina. So North Carolina. Yeah. Gotcha. But you live in Philly now? Yeah. Okay. So... Everything that we're talking about here, like, because you just turned 30. Mm-hmm. So what's, like, we're talking about not wasting your 20s. Give us some insight to what you did in your 20s to get you to this point right now and how you envision your 30s. Because Justin said this before we start the show. Most people don't look past 40. Yep. Most people don't look past 40. And I told the story about how I even started my entire money brand. Dude, I'm in Vegas one day. I'm 34, 35 years old. Okay, this is five, six, seven years ago. And at that point, I found success in my life. Like, at what, by the way, what age would you say you found success? I keep moving a goalpost. How do you define okay. it? For me, at least my markers, I was 35, 36 years old. I had a million bucks in the bank. I was in, you know, multi, had a relationship, serious relationship at the time. I was good with my family. I hit a bunch of markers. And I was looking for that next thing to do in life. I'm going somewhere with this. And I'm hungover at a financial conference. And uh, I'm in the back of the room, and I don't know why they have financial conferences in Vegas. It's, like, so beyond me. But 
and I hear wah, 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 and the speaker goes, and that's why all millennials are going to be broke. And I'm like, huh? I perk my head up and they call it, everyone has an aha moment. I was like, well, hold on, what? what what'd you say? All millennials are going to be, and I'm the oldest millennial, right? So I'm, I said, say, what, what do you mean by that? And he's like, well, I just explained it all. I'm like, dude, I'm hungover. I'm sorry about that. And he went on to say, like, people are living longer. Social security won't be there. People aren't saving enough. College debt. Mortgage rates are out of control. You know, and he went down a list of things of why, like, millennials are going to end up broke. And I go, oh, shit. I'm the youngest person in the room. I'm 35 at the time. You know what they say about the financial insurance industry, that it's MPS, male, pale, and stale? It's all old white dudes. And I'm like, well, what are we going to do about it, guys? And they all, like, laugh in the room. They're like, <laughs> that's your job, young buck. I'm like, oh, shit. And I lit a fire under me lit a fire because i was like what are we gonna do about this we got to teach these millennials to start saving money life is long you know they say that like life is short life is fucking long look how many yeah used to die at 65 70 people live to 80 90 100 no problem so all i and this term and this is what justin sparked this thank you is that people don't look past 40 how did you say it yeah pe people don't people don't consider their life past 40 people years don't old. consider their life past 40 and what I always say is, you're 25 now, you're going to be 30. All right, you're 30, you're going to be 40. The odds are you're going to be 50. You're going to be 60. Congratulations, start prepping for your 90th birthday because people live that long at this point. So, and I would always, like Bernie Sanders would always say, he's like, do you understand that half the retirees in this country, they're 65, they retire with no money? I'm like, Bernie, I totally agree with you on that. None of your philosophies or money principles make any sense to me, but that is accurate. So I've always had this like non-myopic view of life. It's like, all right, where am I going to be at 40? Where am I going to be at 50? How do I want to retire? Are you talking about the rocking chair thing? Yeah. So fucking powerful. Yeah. So for you, circling back to you, Q, what did you do in your 20s to get you to this point? And how do you envision your 30s? Because you're going to be 37 like Justin. You're going to be 42 like Adam at some point. What's your advice for the 20 and 30-year-olds out there? Well, it's discipline. Uh, it was a transitory period for me because my goal was always basketball. So once I figured out, like, that's not going to happen, I knew that I had to redirect all the work that I put in. I had to extrapolate that to another domain of life, which became um, behavioral research and science, relationships, humans. So initially, because I didn't have my dad growing up. So there was nobody in my ear telling me what I really needed to do. I have an uncle and a grandfather who are, who are the epitome of men to me. They set perfect examples, but they weren't there on a consistent basis the way my father would have needed to be. And I always mm. wonder, if he was in my life to, to instill certain things in me, how successful would I be relative to how successful I am now? And now I have the luxury of figuring that out. I've enjoyed the process because I've learned from my mistakes. So what I would say is, it's definitely discipline. I don't party. I don't club. I've never really been interested in those things. I, I, women was my thing. So, like, I was dating a lot in college, dating around. And that's when my uncle told me when I was about 21, he was like, listen, you got to keep your mind in the books and off the girls. And that's the first mm. thing, that's the first actual um, direct guidance and insight he provided me with. And after I got my heart broken by my first love, I, it clicked. I was like, you know what? I need to buckle down. I need to settle down. I need to figure out what it is that I want to do, where I want to be, and who I want to be by the time I'm this age, by the time I'm 35, by the time I'm 40, understand that instant gratification is not a thing that men often experience. Everything is progression. 
it's work it takes time you're not going to get rich overnight the rags to riches story is one in a million so you have to figure out what it is that you want to do and you have to buckle down and strive towards that you have to eliminate whatever uh distractions there are whether that's going out whether that's wasting time doing whatever it is that you waste time on getting sidetracked with the wrong crowds all of that stuff i eliminated all that stuff i kept doing research studying figuring out what it is that I need to do in order to get where I want to be. Hmm. Respect on that. What, this leads to the next question. I want to open it up to everybody here. This concept of work-life balance, right? Everyone's going to have a good work-life balance. So for me, it's at this point in my life, you know, the, they say like uh, the rule of three, simplify it. I've got my career, my profession, which is in finance. It's for a hedge fund. Right. And that's people don't even know that I have that job. That's just what I'm doing. And then I have a side hustle, which is this, which has turned into a full on career as well. And then there's my social life, personal life. Right. Whether that's dating women, going out, having fun, all that. Uh, how do you find the the balance in life? Like, I, in my opinion, you can't have more than three. So and, and, and most people need to focus on their work more than anything. But like people don't know you have a construction real estate business. People go online, they look at Jay Waller, they're like, oh, this good looking gentleman, he's traveling the world, and Andrew Tate, fresh and fit, he's this male rights advocate. He's like, no, he's fucking put in work in Monroe, Louisiana, and because he found success, now he's doing this, just kind of like me. We're actually very uh, aligned in that regard. How do you view work-life balance at this point? Work-life balance is absolutely fucking bullshit. I, I, I hate when people try to push it onto me, oh, you gotta find balance. Cause that's one thing that's gonna happen. People are gonna start to see you work hard and they're gonna come up to you at Thanksgiving and they're gonna be mm -hmm. like, you know, you need to take a break or why don't you eat some of this cake? You, you need to gain some weight. Fuck you, Aunt Sally. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, you're broke, you can't pay your bills and you're overweight. I have 175 employees now. We have over 100 doors. And, and, and to be quite honest with you, to answer your question previously, success to me, is you make the money. Making millions of dollars a year is good, but if you don't find a way to keep it and make it grow, mm -hmm. then you're just gonna be broke in 10 years. Yeah. So to me, the real estate was a big deal to me. Making sure that I'm buying apartment buildings. I just walked outside and closed the trailer, like finished closing the trailer park in Ohio. We got another one in Louisiana. We got 64 more in apartment buildings in Louisiana, and I'm not done buying them. Mm -hmm. So the old man's telling me to get to work. I'm a young man. And I still have plenty of work to do. I joke and say I'm old, but there's still plenty to do. I don't enjoy work-life balance because I've found that most of my happiness comes from feeling like I'm growing and that any social setting or any attention I want to get from a woman happens via the man that I have become. I believe in absorbing women far, far more than I believe in chasing them. Because if you can become the right kind of man, it creates a gravitational pull. What does that mean, absorbing women? Absorbing. Attracting. Yeah. Attracting. Mm. Gravity to you. A lot of men, they're hollow, and they have not done the work, so they chase women, and like a double magnet, it just pushes them away. If you become that man, and they come in your sphere, it just sucks them in. Wow. They go up and talk to you at the party. Yeah. 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 Well, what about what Justin move. just said resonated with you? Because as you're talking, Amber's like, <laughs> she's like that black girl like, oh, oh, like just about feeling energy like yeah, we, yeah. like we were talking about earlier is that like if you're doing the work and you don't have to go out and get the girl because we feel it we feel it we see it and it's not just what you're doing but you like the person yeah. that you are and that resonates so yeah i'll see that person i'll feel them and i will approach he says he doesn't need to do the work and chase because i bet 
probably, you think, if somebody understands you on an energetic level and they're attracted to that, then it's, it's you know, your vibe creates your tribe. Ooh, yeah. 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 Your so, vibe creates your tribe. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Right. So if you're in a circle of doing things that you're passionate about, other people are going to come to that as well. Obviously, you have to filter out the, the girls who are just looking for the, the money or the status um, or the people who just want to piggyback on your. But you can always feel those people. Mm-hmm. It's, you super, always, you it's super feel easy it. to know. It is it's super no. easy to know. Let, let me go back to you for a second. So I, I actually agree with you on the, on, on the concept of work-life balance because I, I think a man needs to work. Uh, you know, I had the, we had the conversation with uh, uh, on PBD show uh, with a guy, Kyle Kalinsky, who's a very big um, political uh, talker, uh, political YouTuber guy. And we were talking about this, this concept, this four-day work week. And he's like, yeah, I think that you know that that's a good thing, and you know people need to work less. And, and I was like, that. I'm like, but what about the people that want to work six days a week? What about the people that will actually want to create something? So I think you kind of have the the ability to choose your work like balance. So I'm much like you, I like to work. Like it could be Saturday, I wake up, I'm reading the Wall Street Journal, I'm prepping for a show. I'm like, I like that work. But I think but, you're missing a word that's very important, and it's passion. Okay. When you are passionate about your work, it becomes your life and you enjoy your life because you're doing the things that you want to do. So that's why for me, I, they, my friends knock on me all the time because I'm out every night doing comedy because I love it. And it's become my social life. And my friends are involved in that because they're also in the same trenches. Yeah, but you're, you're, I see what you're saying, but your work is your passion. Right. So my work for the hedge fund, I don't wake up and be like, Time to hedge fund it up. I love this shit. It's like, no, I, it's how I make money. I, like, sometimes you make money and it ain't sexy. Something tells me there's nothing sexy about putting on them boots, putting in the mud, going to check out trailer parks, construction, but you put in the freaking work. I mean, I think that's sexy. Okay, but, but, but the point is, there's a, a lot of things you would rather be doing, I'm assuming, that are more fun than the work, but it's... It's it's a part of your life. It's part of your work ethic. It's not your passion, is it? No, but I, I would tell you this. There, there's two things I would say about that. First of all, I no longer really have to do that in the same way. So it's not what I'm doing, but how I'm doing it. I have a team. Everybody's on salary. I'm the youngest person that is even in that office when I'm in that office. Um, I have a lot of, like, there's a lot of structure set up, and it took me over a decade to build that. They're yep. bonus structures. How we measure Did you hear that, eyes. by the way, guys? It took him over a, a decade, decade yep. to build that. Yep. People think a decade, it's like, how yep. quick did 27 to 37 go? Yeah, quick. Snap of the finger. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. And so it, it's how I'm doing it. Yeah. And then, you know, past that, I spoke to some kids about four years ago. And they wanted me to talk to them about college and all this, and passion and all this stuff. And I am a big believer that you don't create or have passion until you get so competent and so good at something that someone else needs you mm. and you can help them. There's nothing like walking into a job trailer and there's a leak or something wrong on the roof and they tell me where it is. And I say, okay, because the guy didn't put the mastic in at the top of the parapet wall on the upward leg of the transition trim, and they're like, what, no fucking way. I'm like, I promise you. Mm-hmm. And they'll call me back in three days, and like, that is exactly what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Tell and that asshole to put to it in. it experience. Like, yeah. 10 years of that. The problem that I've seen, and, and this is why I'm so thankful what happened with this reset, crypto. How many young kids are, were going out and telling people who've worked in finance their whole life, you guys don't know shit. 
like why put in the work, saving, yeah. investing, 401ks, Roth IRAs, index fund, everything you've been talking about for years and years and years. All I do is buy Dogecoin and I'm a billionaire now. Good. It's like that Good. is not how life works. And this whole reset. So you it, know what? It takes fucking time and this is what happens. Yeah. We'll be buying their Lambos at a discounted price. <laughs> Facts. So uh, Nat, did you want to uh, weigh in on something here? Um do I want to? I was going to read the super chats. If you want me to okay, go chats. for it, girl. Yes, yes. Okay, so let me pull them up. So thank you all for the super chats. Make sure you guys like and subscribe. Uh, first, we'll start off with Happy. Happy's back. Uh, super chat. You ever noticed uh, when God made Justin Waller, he just gave him max stats across the board. The Lord certainly does have his favorites. Yeah, well, uh, this is what I was saying. It's like when Justin Waller's trying to teach you about game, I'm like, Justin, come on. But there are two Jay Wallers. But that is the point, yeah. is that I don't believe in game. I believe in building it. And yeah. I, I never forget the first interview I ever did with Rolo. There mm. were guys just talking shit. Chad, 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 Chad. And I sent him a photo of me where I was fat, broke, out of shape, all of it. Yeah. You build it. Yeah, 100%. I see, I see six-foot-two guys in Walmart all the time, 40 pounds overweight with blue eyes and a perfect set of hair. And I'm like, thank God this dude's a fucking loser. Yeah. Because he's got it all. I see guys all the time. They got it all. They have it. Why do you think men slip like that? What, what happens in their life? He had to build himself, like, internally, and yeah. that comes out on the outside. Whereas Heartbreak. people are just born with it. They walk around, and they don't do any of that internal work. They don't know what it's like to be that. So it's a different kind of confidence. Yeah, absolutely. And, but I would argue that more men out there are actually a Chad, and they'll never know it. Hmm. Because they'll never be willing to do those things or inspire themselves in a way to see a vision of who they could become. And for that reason, they don't. Do you think that those guys, this is just pure speculation, those guys who are 40 years old, let's say, mm -hmm. and they've let themselves go, and they're 30 pounds overweight, if not more, and they're kind of struggling, maybe they're, you know, things aren't where they should be. Do you think those guys are more often single in 40 or married at 40? I think married. I think there's something inside of a man that dies inside a little bit when he gets married and he can't hunt anymore. Yeah. You know, that's probably not a popular statement, but I do think on a primal level that's very true. The reason I ask that is because yeah. all my friends are, are married, okay? And I don't know too many single guys who are 40, right? Like just straight up single. The guys who I do know that I hang out with in Miami that are 40 – these guys are the studs of the studs, the, the Jay Wallers of the world that they made their money, they put in the work, they're not settling down, they got a roster of chicks they got going on. They're you know, jet setting, they're in Aspen, they're in Miami, like, these guys are killing it. But my other friends who are 40, you're right, there is something that kind of dies inside, but yep. it's the hunter in them. Yep. But at the same time, you know, they are raising kids. So what, you know, it's kind of like they kind of had to kill their old self to, to raise these kids. I'm not saying that that's the right thing to do. My whole vision is do both. Yep, be absolutely. a fucking stud, be absolutely. a hunter, do them and also raise great kids. Yep. Like you can do both. It doesn't have to be like, yeah, well, that's it. I'm retired now. Time to be a loser.